Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into a business-growing sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, SEO, and social media advice, and also has strategies and tips from the experts without fluff. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and an education partner with the Shopify-approved course, 1,000 Sales and Beyond. He's the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick has over 13 years experience in digital marketing from PPC and SEO through to digital transformation of businesses. He's helped hundreds of brands from startup Shopify stores through to international enterprises that operate in hundreds of countries. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. As promised, we're going to be doing these every single week now. Um, and for anybody that hasn't listened to the last couple of podcasts, my name's Nick. I'm the CEO here at Just Us Parker. I'm one of the new partners in the business. Caroline is off on maternity leave now. So apologies that it's going to be a different voice, but I hope to share some amazing advice. We've got some incredibly cool guests lined up for you guys. We've got uh, e-commerce directors from a whole range of different businesses right the way across the UK, which is where I'm based, as you can probably tell from my accent. Um, We've got plenty of people based out in the US who are going to be joining the podcast as well, and a few others from around the world. We also have a business coach that I'm quite keen to get on here. We also have somebody who is based in innovation, which is an incredibly exciting industry, certainly an interesting industry that's going places. And so I'm incredibly excited to get some of those guys on the podcast. I don't want to say too much because until it's recorded, it might not happen, but um, we're going to be working on those things. In between having interviews or slightly more extended podcasts, we're going to have a bit more of what we're doing today, which is going to be a slightly shorter podcast. As you may have seen from the title when you clicked play on this, we're going to be talking today about Facebook advertising versus Google advertising. It's a question I get an incredible um, amount of people asking me on a regular basis. It's an interesting question because I think a lot of new businesses, certainly on Shopify, will always jump in and say to us, you know, we want to do some Instagram ads. They look amazing. People must make so much money from them. Facebook's so good. You can reach people whenever you want and they're on there. However, Google is often the thing that's overlooked. In contrast to that, Google used to be the first go-to place and still is to a lot of businesses. So I'm going to uncover today a few of the things that I think are incredibly important about Facebook, what I think is important about Google. We're going to compare the two and have a look at which one I think you guys should be going for first and why. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of other advice at the end as well if you're just starting out with advertising. Because obviously, as we all know, with advertising, it costs money and you have to make a return. Otherwise, it's a complete waste of time. So first, we're going to look at Facebook. Facebook, as I said already, a lot of people dive in and want to do stuff on Facebook. They want to run some ads. They want to reach their audience, have some beautiful looking visuals. If they sell sunglasses, they want somebody laying on the beach who's incredibly attractive, you know, with these beautiful sunglasses on in the Bahamas with the palm trees. Given that I'm recording this during lockdown, it's actually quite painful (laughs) to say those words. Obviously, where I'd love to be right now is on a beach in the Bahamas, but it's just not going to happen as we're all sitting here in lockdown. But that's what people think. They look at Facebook and they think this is going to be great. Some of the positives about advertising on Facebook, you can target people based on who they are. So if someone goes on Google and searches for a new car, you don't know who they are. You don't know anything about them. And even if they search a well-known car brand like Toyota or BMW, there is such a range of vehicle they could be after. 
However, with Facebook, you can target them very specifically based on who they are. So you can say, I just want women above the age of 45, because that's who my product is targeted at. You can say, I want men that are just below the age of 30. You can say, I just want people with a degree from a specific university. You can state that you want people that are interested in a similar brand to yours, like Rolex, and jump on the advertising learnings that Facebook's got over the years of who engages and interacts with Rolex. So you can target people based on who they are. That can also stretch out to things like the geographic locations of where they're based. It can also, in some countries, you can do this in the US. I'm not sure if you can do this in other territories. You can't do it in the UK right now. But certainly in the US, you can run advertising based on people's earnings. So you can say, we only want people in the top 10%, or we actually want a middle bracket of people between 20% and 80%, or actually want people who are on lower salaries, because we've got a really cost-effective model that these guys are going to be really interested in. So you can target things like that. One thing that works incredibly well in e-commerce, again, everybody on Shopify is in the e-commerce world, so we're going to focus on that with this. One thing that's good for e-commerce is lookalike audiences. This is where the Facebook pixel will be running on your website, and it will watch who buys products. Then using a bit of machine learning and AI, and you can Google those two terms, machine learning and AI, if you don't know what they mean. Um, But it uses a bit of machine learning and a bit of AI to work out who those people are, and therefore create an audience based automatically on people similar to that that specific audience that have been purchasing from you, which means you're already targeting people that you know are going to have some sort of interest in what you do. You control when they can see you. So for example, on Google, you, you can only advertise when people are on Google searching. It's the only time you can be there. Whereas on Facebook, people are on Facebook all the time and you can choose the times that you actually want to reach them, not just when they're shopping. You can reach them between shopping journeys as well. And also the other thing with Facebook that is definitely gives it the upper hand over Google is you're not fighting for pixels. You're not fighting for space on the page. When you're on Facebook, you can only ever see one or two adverts at a single time, probably only one, especially if you're on a mobile device. So actually on Facebook, if you advertise on Facebook, you know you're going to be the one name in front of them on the screen. And apologies if you know all this already, stay tuned. I'm going to share some uh, slightly more consultative advice on Facebook as we go on. But let's talk about Google quickly. So some of the reasons people turn to Google for their advertising. Firstly, and I think this is the biggest advantage, and actually why I would recommend Google first, and we'll come on to that a little bit later. When you appear on Google in front of a potential customer, it's when they are searching for your product or your service. Obviously, again, we're all on Shopify, so I'm assuming we're all selling products or subscriptions to receive products or something like that. But you only appear when somebody is searching for that specific product. So if I'm on Facebook talking to one of my friends on Facebook Messenger or having a look at who's been to the beach today on my newsfeed, I'm not currently shopping for a product. I'm not looking for a car. So the chance of me clicking on an advert about a car, quite slim now. However, if I'm on Google searching for a specific brand or model or type of car or type of engine I want to get with my car, I'm shopping for that right now, which means if you want to get my attention and get me interested in your brand, I'm already shopping. I already have a demand for your product. You just have to provide the supply. So people are already looking for you on Google. Um, Relevance, and this is the way the algorithm within Google works in terms of advertising, relevance is rewarded. So relevance being, if I've searched for a blue BMW, if you mention the color blue and the brand BMW in your advert and in the URL of the page you're trying to send me to, and you specifically only talk about blue BMW cars on the page that I'm going to land on, We've ticked all three relevance boxes here. The keyword is relevant, the advert is relevant, and the landing page is relevant. And the way Google rewards people is it puts their advert higher in the list of ads, and it also reduces the amount that each advert costs. 
So relevance is rewarded, whereas Facebook, it's not, you're not really bidding on the sort of relevance of your ad or how relevant you are to what they're looking for. On Facebook, it's slightly different. On Facebook, you'll be fighting for how many other people are trying to get in front of that specific customer. And that is what will gauge how much each click is going to cost. The other thing you have on Google, which I think is incredibly exciting and certainly something I would recommend looking at, is that on Google, you can run click-to-call ads on mobile, which is where they don't even interact with your website. If they click on the advert, it goes straight to a telephone call. So certainly good for emergency services like an emergency plumber. The advert pops up, they click on the ad straight through to the phone, and they can talk to you immediately. Great way to get some new inquiries. You can also link your Google ads to your Google Maps pin, which means if you're near where people are searching or your address is of specific relevance, so for example, you have 250 stores and you're using these adverts to try and drive people to do click and collect, you can put the actual store itself, the actual address of the store, into the advert, which means they can see the address, they can click on it and go straight to your Google pin and find where your store is. So again, there's there's just two of many different options you can use on Google. So the adverts can be much more purposeful than they can on Facebook. Whereas Facebook, you're just going to get a sort of of text ad or an image ad, or you're going to promote a post on there. So to compare them, the way we always look at them is Facebook is interruptive and Google is providing supply to a demand. So on Google, you're going to find there is a lot more competition. There's a lot more other people probably trying to, to fight to get the traffic that you're also trying to get. However, on Facebook, you're going to have to try and get a lot more traffic before you actually get those clicks. So for example, if, I, if I'm at a particular stage of life and your product is relevant to me, so if I'm about to have a baby and your product is my first car seat for my newborn baby and it's my first child, yes, you've hit me in the right point, but am I going to be shopping for that product right now? Possibly or possibly not. One thing we often try to run on Facebook, therefore, is nurture campaigns. So that's where on Facebook, we will promote a discounted product or uh, signing up to a newsletter or gaining access to an exclusive range of products, or getting access to a webinar, or some sort of exclusive, you know, Instagram Live with your favorite influencer is coming up soon. Join the waiting list to, uh, to get access to ask them a question or something like that. Something that's going to hook them in, not cost them any money, but then you can nurture to them later via email. Whereas on Google, the first thing we would always start with with a retail business on Shopify and Google is going to be Google Shopping. You only pay when somebody clicks on your advert on Google Shopping. But at that point, they've already seen an image and the title and the price of your product. So you've already qualified them to quite a good degree of qualification. They know the price, they know what the product looks like already, and they know what the product is called. Therefore, when they land on the website, there's going to be no huge surprises or anything like that. So we always start with Google Shopping, grow that as much as you can, and then start to expand out to other channels. As I always say, a quick disclaimer, every business is different. So this may not work for your business. But I hope there's some good stuff in there that you guys can go away and try. If it's your first advertising campaign, I would definitely recommend getting onto Google Shopping. If you've been advertising for quite a while, what I'd recommend, and this is my last point on today's podcast, again, we will be back next week. The last point I'm going to make is if you've been advertising for quite some time on Google and on Facebook, as Caroline and I were talking about in the previous podcast, there is a specific client that um, my own consultancy firm in London and also Just Ask Parker are both working for at the moment. This particular business has been advertising for well over a year, and they've been spending about $5,000 a month advertising. And they're a classic case where we've come in, we've had a look at the data, and realized that they're not actually making any money. So the amount of money they're spending on Google, just purely cash straight to Google from their credit card, initially was the same as the revenue that was coming in to their website from Google itself. 
Therefore, that didn't factor in the cost of product, running the business, or anything else. It was just the marketing costs. So they were definitely making a loss by the time they'd sent the product out. So we quickly did a bit of deep dive into, uh, into all the data and worked out how to make profit from it. Now, my point really is there's two different ways I recommend approaching that. If you've been running ads for a while and you don't think they're going very well, or you know they're not going very well and you want to do something about it, the first thing I would recommend is trying to improve the campaigns as much as you can. I know it sounds quite easy to do. What I would do is I would try and look at things like search terms, and you can search some of the stuff on Google to find out what it means. Have a look at the search terms that are triggering your ads and see how relevant they are. Have a look at the direct revenue and the indirect revenue on Google Analytics that's coming from PPC. So direct revenue is where somebody's clicked on an ad, come into the site and bought something. So what we call is we call it last click. The last click they had into the website was from a Google ad or a Facebook advert. What you also want to find out is you can also have a look on Google Analytics at multi-channel. Now multi-channel, that will tell you how people are using PPC as just one step in the journey, but it's not their last click. And if it's not their last click, it won't come up in your default reports as a Google ads or a Facebook sale. So what you want to find out is, did they click on Google ads the first time, which is what introduced them to our business? But when they actually bought, they came directly back to our website, or they just Googled our brand name and came straight into the site because they'd have made their decision. It's just the case they weren't going to make the actual purchase today. They were going to do that later. So I try and find out things like that to get a real picture of what's going on. And then I would try and find out things like search terms, which specific adverts are actually driving revenue and which ones aren't. Another way to look at it is which products are selling well, and which ones aren't. Because if there's certain products that we make really good margins on and we're selling more of them, well, let's drive our budget through those products and get rid of all the other stuff because that's what's going to start to make us profit. My second point, and this works across the board in every single retail business all the time, and it is the when I explain it, it's going to sound really, really silly, but we see it so often. And it's going to sound silly because my point is this. If somebody comes into your website and buys a product and then leaves, that's a good story. If it's the first time they've bought from you, it's probably been quite expensive for you. You've probably paid quite a lot in advertising costs to get them into your website in the first place to make a purchase. Because what you need to factor in is how many other people you got into your site that didn't buy. So then the one that did buy may have cost you $20, $50, Some businesses I've worked with were happy to pay $5,000 per new customer, even if their first order is only $200, $300, something like that. Same applies to pounds, euros, Australian dollars, whatever currency you're in. The reason they make money, though, and this is my point, is that they get repeat orders. If you're not getting repeat orders from your customers, you are really, really going to struggle to grow your business. If you imagine it like a wheel, and the wheel itself, the wheel that is turning, is all of your current customers making repeat orders. They keep ordering, and that keeps the wheel turning around. And then your new customers are just more people entering into that wheel. That's a healthy business. An unhealthy business is one where people enter the wheel as a new customer, and they leave before they've done one rotation. A rotation to me, and I've got, a, I've got an infographic of this, hence why I'm trying to explain it on an audible podcast. The wheel itself is essentially your business running. And every time they do a lap of that wheel, there's another time they've bought from you. So if they do 100 laps, they've made 100 separate orders from you. And the reason it's more cost-effective is to get a new customer in, you have to do things like Facebook advertising and Google advertising and all of that sort of stuff. To get a repeat order from them, you just have to post to your audiences on social media if they follow you there, or even better than that, send them an email. So you could send them a weekly, a fortnightly, a monthly, a quarterly, or an annual email 
some businesses, and I'll give you an example just before we close today's podcast, but a really good example of this is a white goods company that we've worked with for quite a few years. They initially said to us that people are not going to buy a dishwasher or a washing machine or a cooker um, or an oven or something. They're not going to buy that more than once every five years. And by the time it's been five years, they're not going to come back to us. They're just going to go anywhere else. So we just need to get new customers in. So what we did is we said, well, why don't we get people to sign up to some sort of club or get them into some sort of process where I only buy my appliances from this person. And actually, I made the point in a meeting that, yes, it might be five years between you know buying dishwashers. But actually, what you'll find over those five years is if that's the five-year program for a dishwasher, and we know that because they've just bought a new one today, so we know we've got five years until they need another one. So firstly, we're going to email them in three or four years and, and tell them about dishwashers. In the meantime, every single appliance in their house, apart from the dishwasher, is going to need changing because they've only bought the dishwasher today. Their washing machine, their cooker, their oven, you know, their oven hood, their microwave, their toaster, everything else is going to need replacing in the next five years. So what we decided to do was send out a quarterly email and offer a discount to any new customers. And that discount was calculated as 50% of what it costs to get a new customer in. So we were giving our customers half of what it would cost to replace them, which means they're getting a good deal. We've just halved the cost per order across the whole business. And say we have one customer that buys 10 times. If we have one customer that buys 10 times from us, we're giving them half that discount 10 times over, not just once. So it's not halving our advertising cost. On that basis, if everybody then bought 10 products every five years, our advertising cost now is only a tenth. Again, back to that wheel analogy, we're only spending that little bit of money just to add new people into that wheel, knowing they're going to do a few rotations with us. And some people are going around that wheel slower than others, but they're going to do a few rotations with us because we've got our email sorted. So that's my advice for today. My advice is start with Google Shopping then expand to Google text ads, then have a look at Facebook. And throughout this entire process, as soon as you get your first sale in as a, as a new business, or you might have been running for 20 years already, make sure email is working for you. It should be the biggest traffic driver of your company. If you don't offer repeat products or something you could buy several times, I'd, I'd highly recommend investigating that. Either look at subscription models or find another product. So if you've got a summer product, why not find a winter product? And now you're not selling one a year, you're selling two. I hope that's been useful for everybody. Again, we'll be back next week. Um, we're planning to post every Friday morning. So keep an eye out for that. Um, again, I'm based in London and I will be pressing the button on new podcasts. So they are going to be sent out Friday morning, UK time. But obviously they will be available for, for many, many years now. So I hope it's been useful. Please join our Facebook group. And if you want to get in touch with us at all, then please do via the website. Thanks so much and see you guys again soon. Sign up for free for the Shopify-approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. See you next time.